Greetings and welcome to Outlaw Gamer Radio, the official podcast of OutlawGamers.com. This is the show where we live to play and play to live. I'm Brett Adams, joined by a man who's going into action with the Knight Rider by his side, Mr. Lauren Baumgarten. Lauren! (laughs) Good evening, Brent. Yes, Good evening. As indeed. usual, as usual, I did not look at the uh, intro ahead of time, and it warms my cockles, Brent. That you, uh, I'm not going to tell you, you what it warms on me. That it, that you used uh, that particular piece of media uh, to akin it to, and uh, I'm excited to share that piece of media with people. But uh, before we get to that, sir, how are you? How was your week? I am doing great. It's been a it's been a very it's been a very good week for me. I'll talk a little bit about that when we get to the road later on, and Excellent. go into a bit more detail. But I, I've had a very, I've had a very fun gaming week. Uh, indeed, it's been it's been a, uh, what I would call an eventful uh, gaming week. Quite a commotion. <laughs> yeah, one one could uh, one could draw that conclusion. Quite it's a commotion. Al- it's also been week. a very good week to be a Star Wars fan, as it turns out. Uh, yeah. So obviously, and we're not getting into this yet. Obviously, Brent, we're going to talk about Star Wars Battlefront this week. Mm, true um, but we don't actually have it on the docket but how about the movie trailer uh i i was i'm a big fan I, i'm a big fan it was uh I, i'm I, i'm i'm ready for an actual trailer at this point you know like i really dig the two teasers that we've had but uh I, i'm i'm really i'm really kind of itching for an actual trailer trailer that's going to give us a little bit more insight into characters and story but i know that's i, I mean i'm guessing june at the at the earliest is when we could expect to see that, but uh, I'm my appetite is wet at this point, and I am I'm very very excited uh, about the Force Awakens. Did you happen to watch any of the uh, the live stuff from Celebration last week? I caught uh, I, 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 I did Mark Hamill. Uh, I did. I was going to ask you thing. if you had watched it, and, and uh, uh, did, did you see the part where I did watch it? I watched the whole thing. Yeah. Um, uh, we learned that uh, the. Uh, the desert planet in the film is, in fact, not Tatooine. Uh, spoiler alerts, by the way. <laughs> Too late. A little, little late. Uh, uh, spoiler alerts if you want to know nothing about it. But we learned that. We saw. We got to see. Is it BB-8? Is that the name of the... Yeah, that's the name of the droid. The new droid. Uh, they brought that out on stage. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I thought... Cool I, did you? One on there. I don't know if you saw the part, Brent, where they brought uh, the two guys who they had discovered at... Uh, Star yeah. Wars Celebration out to work on the film to create uh, R2-D2, and I just thought that was really cool as well. Yeah, man, I could not be more jazzed for the movie, and I'm going to drive a pretty significant way to get to an IMAX theater to watch this movie. In, uh, in IMAX 3D? Yeah, I, ha- I mean, I have to. I absolutely have to. I'm so excited for what I... What I I'm so excited for... A Star Wars movie. I'm so excited for this. I'm trying not to be disrespectful to George, who killed my childhood. Sorry, I tried. I tried not to. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, you know, I was talking with Tony last night, and uh, it just turned into the Star Wars show, by the way. But we'll be done in a second. Uh, I was talking to Tony last night, and we were, you know, we were just talking about trailers and you know how we were kind of feeling about things, and I was just saying that. Uh, part of the reason that I'm so excited for this new Star Wars trilogy is that George Lucas has nothing to do with it. Yep. And I kind of hate saying that yeah. in a way, uh, because I, I, I do want to give credit where credit's due. And, and his his imagination 
and his his vision for you know his sort of pseudo Flash Gordon series that uh, that he created uh, back in '77 when A New Hope came out. Um, I, I, it's it's been such a such a huge cornerstone of my life, and I, I kind of hate to say that I don't want him associated with it anymore, but um, I don't think that he has I don't think he has any passion for it anymore. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have a lengthy discussion when we talk about Battlefront, so we will leave it at there for now, but suffice to say, the new teaser was awesome, very exciting. Yeah. Uh, so, it. Brent, why don't we head into the garage, and uh, we're not starting off with Star Wars Battlefront this week, but we are starting off with another big game that uh, came out recently, and that is Mortal Kombat X, or Mortal Kombat X. <laughs> Ten. I was going to say, say game, 10. Is, isn't it, the, isn't it the, the best-selling game in the franchise at this point, or maybe fastest-selling Game of the franchise at this point, I I I can't remember what the I can't remember what the exact accolade is that I read about it, but uh, apparently Mortal Kombat X is doing very very well, and there's a new update, the 1.02 update that's adding new character skins, improving performance, tweaking online stuff. Uh, what what are some of the what are some of the specifics for people who are playing Mortal Kombat X right now? Well, specifically, I believe that um, that they're trying to make up for <laughs> what they took away from you, yeah. uh, and we'll talk we'll talk about that in just a minute. But it adds uh, a free classic Sub Zero skin, Brent. Uh, excuse me, as well as uh, well. Here's what they're saying: free classic Sub Zero skin and a number of other DLC skins for different characters. Uh, it makes a number of online stability balances, including several specific moves, such as. Uh, and they have a list of throws here. They have a list of moves here. In general, throws will no longer sometimes connect on a ground reacting opponent off a counter hit. This is really specific stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then they have moves for like Shinnok and Sub Zero and Takeda, Ronin, uh, Takeda, uh, Shirai Ryu. Um, they have specific move fixes for that. Uh, players will all, PC players will be given 10,000 crypt coins. That's with a K on both words, crypt coins. Oh, yeah. Um, which uh, will be redeemed automatically the next time they start up the game to make up for some of Mortal Kombat X's uh, reported issues on Steam. Well, that's nice. Hopefully that'll. Uh, hopefully, hopefully that goes uh, that goes some way to assuaging those people of uh, getting out the torches and pitchforks. Yeah, and so you know, the, our our listener who posted this on um, on outlawgamers dot com posted this in the context of well, at least Nether Realms is doing something to make up for the fact. I think there's this you know there's this feeling out there that well, I think the general feeling or at least the sense I get. I'm not I'm not huge into fighting games. Uh, although I did actually watch Brent about 20 minutes of, of a couple of people playing this on IGN, and it was really fun to watch. Like I, I wish I was more into this game because it looks super dope for a fighting game. But mm. um, I think some some people if they feel that they, while the game is really good, that Nether Realms uh, has has really chopped it up, and there's just a ton of this DLC that I really get the sense that players of this game feel like is just essentially chopped out content that was taken out and so the the listener who posted this on outlaw gamers posted it in the context of well at least they're doing something to try and make up for you know chopping all the skins and, and all these different uh you know characters out of the game right uh, and so I, I think there's a sense of uh you know at least here's a little bit of something to say hey uh we hear you and we're gonna we're gonna give you something a little bit back Right. Well, whether that uh, whether that actually yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it feels like enough to those players. Again, it's not a game that you or I play, but I know for a lot yeah, of people who well, play this. Exactly. That, that was going to be my question: is you know whether or not people whether or not it is enough. You know, for people people who are active in the game. Next up on the docket, Brent, we have something that is uh, near and dear to both of our hearts. 
That's true, and that is uh, that is Ether One from uh, your friend and uh, your friends and ours over at White Paper Games in the UK. Um, we got a we got a a message recently. We got a message from uh, James Burton, uh, who you may recall uh, was. He was on the uh, the post mortem with us when we talked about Ether One last year, uh, back yep. when we were doing the Axe Factor. Uh, James was on the show, and the, the the news that I think is is pretty interesting is that Ether One is coming out on PS4 this year. It's been totally recreated in Unreal Engine Four, and there's some surprises that uh, that are coming along too. I'm not being coy. We have no idea what those are. It's just that James, James won't tell us. James won't tell us because he because he knows us <laughs> because he knows better. <laughs> That's right, and. Uh, but uh, apparently, there, you know, there's some stuff that hasn't been announced yet and hasn't been talked about yet. Um, I have, I have my own theories, but that uh, there's there's going to be some some additional surprise stuff going on with uh, with Ether One coming to coming to uh, PlayStation Four, and we're we're very excited about that. As as you may recall, we, we were both pretty uh, pretty big fans of Ether One. It was my game of the year for last year. Uh, I think I don't know. I can't remember if it was when we talked about it in the post mortem or if it was just talking about it on on the Axe Factor. But I had said emotionally, one of the most profound experiences I've ever had. Which is, I think you went on to clarify, even more profound than the birth of your daughter. I did not say that. In fact, I'm uh, pretty sure you said. Hopefully, that. she will not grow up and listen to this and realize her life. I'm has been almost alive. sure that you said that. But uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, either one was it, it was a big, big deal for me, and I'm uber excited about it coming to uh, to PlayStation Four, where I hope that it will uh, it will you know, you know uh, attract an even larger audience of people, uh, bring in even even more gamers to uh, to check out this really fantastic video game experience yeah me too man it's coming out so it's going to be available on disc they're putting out a hard copy which is great news go pick it up in the store Um, and digitally i'm quite sure but i I agree with you brent i I am so excited for this to come to the ps4 and i'm so excited for it to hopefully gain an even larger audience share it it really is one of the most profoundly um, emotional interactive entertainment experiences uh, that I have ever had. It really is. It's just, it's incredible. And, and I'm so excited to see this come out and see it get uh, more attention. Uh, hopefully we'll have James back on the show at some point or somebody from white paper. Um, my guess is James, cause he's not giving up the mic, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll have more on this. Obviously we're not linking you uh, to a new particular news article. James had just reached out and we, we were, we love the game so much. We were so excited about it that we wanted to bring it up on the show uh, yet again. And we'll talk about it more later, but yeah, what? What is the most? Con- what is the most controversial? <laughs> what's the most uh, controversial story of the week? What do you I think? was going to say at least four or five of you are probably waiting <laughs> to hear uh, our conversation on Star Wars Battlefront. So, the article we're linking to you is uh, entitled "Everything We Know About." Uh, is titled "Everything We Know About Star Wars Battlefront So Far." Uh, this could be from any of the gaming websites out there because they all had essentially the same article. Um, obviously, Brent, on Friday, uh, April 17th, we got the initial teaser trailer uh, for uh, Star Wars Battlefront. Yep. Um, there was uh, uh, quite a uh, surprising response, uh, surprising to me, anyway, response on our website. There was a lot of negativity. Uh, I think a lot of people felt very, very disappointed. Right. Um, I, I interacted a little bit. So for those that were interacting on, on Outlaw Gamers that day, my, my view, take on it won't won't really be a surprise, but 
Um, I was actually super, super excited by the trailer. Yeah, um, I was pretty excited as well. Were you? I was going to ask you yeah. uh, how you felt about it. I was. Uh, I, I, ha- I have to admit that when it started off and, and they said, you know, it's an in-engine trailer, I, I have to admit I was a little bit disappointed. I was hoping to see gameplay. Um, yes. But I, I know I know that that'll be coming and, and and you know this trailer I liken it to I liken it to the uh, the cinematic trailers they did for Swotor uh, before that game came out it was it was mostly about just trying to kind of get you excited for the idea of of the game itself but also it did reveal some some things about gameplay that you would be doing in the game in, in this case we see yeah some of the squad mechanics as an example you know you see like an engineer throwing down a shield see somebody using a rocket booster pack to uh to use like heavy artillery take out a um an atst and um you know we those see kinds the atst you, we see the atst we you know you, you right. see the you know you see the ad at at one point and right so uh, and then obviously you know you got speeder bikes you see some vehicular stuff going on so i think that you know the trailer is meant to the trailer is meant to say the things that you're seeing happen in this trailer are things that you will be doing in gameplay we're just not showing you those things in the context of gameplay right now so uh, i i do want to see gameplay from it i'm i'm very keen on that but just in terms of seeing something more substantial than that initial teaser uh, for for what they're going to be doing in this game, the setting, as an example, the fact that it is going to be primarily based in the original trilogy, uh, although there's going to be apparently there's going to be some crossover with the the new trilogy. We can talk about that in a second. Right. But overall, I, I was very excited for what uh, what was there. So was I, Brent, and I think so. I don't know how much you looked at uh, the information that came out after the trailer. Um, the trailer, obviously beautiful, but obviously a cinematic trailer. Um, I think you know a lot of the disappointment I saw on the website was not necessarily that we didn't see gameplay. I don't think that was really too surprising to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but much as we all wanted to see it, I don't think it was surprising. But um, I think it was some of the forthcoming information. And and Brent, I, how much did you play Battlefield One or excuse me, uh, Battlefront One and Two? A lot. I, I played a lot of Battlefront One and Two. Yeah, so I played, I did not play Battlefront 1, I played Battlefront 2, but I came to it probably, you know, years after the game was out, and so when I played, there was essentially nobody on the servers, but I still played and loved the game. Um, There were, uh, I I think what bothered a lot of the people is is what they consider to be either uh, a lack of innovation or iteration on the game, Mm -hmm. and, and even step backwards in a lot of places, so... I think one thing that people uh, have talked about a lot is is the lack of space battles. Right. Um, uh, I think a lot of people were hoping to see the ability to basically leave uh, the planet atmosphere and move into a space battle. Um, I think some people were disappointed at the lack of a single player campaign. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I have I've seen things to that effect also. I think people. Some people were. Uh, are, are, I have seen people say that there's not even a class based uh, system there. We don't really know on that one. Um, I know there was some concern about the lack of maps. Now I, I had seen uh, some people say there's only four maps, and well, I'm not. Uh, as far as the class thing goes, they haven't. Uh, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe I just haven't seen the information. But I have. I haven't seen anything where they said there's not going to be class based stuff. Is it just that they haven't they haven't said specifically that there is, or have they said that there's not? 
No, I, I don't think they have said specifically that there's not, but I don't know that for a fact either. Yeah, okay. Um, and, and I would say, based on what you described, actually, it does make some sense that there might be some class. Uh, I didn't really read that into the trailer. Well, I mean, there were there were but, classes in the in the original game, so uh, as as derivative as 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 this seems to be in many respects. You know, one would assume, but I, I mean, again, I don't know. I've read a few articles on this, but I, I haven't seen that specific thing addressed. Right. I, there was some concern about the lack of maps, yeah. um, which we don't really know. Uh, you know, they haven't said they've said that there are four planets. There's four at uh, launch and then four at sure. launch. And then they'll be adding Jakku, which is a planet from uh, the movie, the next movie. And so on December, yeah. I think I think it's first might be the eighth. They're releasing a free expansion pack. Uh, with Jakku, which I is a, a go ahead. Sorry, what are you gonna say? Oh, no, no, so no, no, so they're releasing Jakku, with, which is an expa- free expansion pack that c- contains missions that are that are a uh, a link between uh, the end of of Jedi, Return of the Jedi, mm. and what will be the beginning of the next movie. And they said it's sort of some canon that's only available in the video game. So well, within the the specific thing that's kind of cool about that just to just to sort of break off for one second sure the specific thing that i think is really interesting about that is one of the most evocative one of the most evocative images from the new trailer and, and listen if if you're one of those people that is like you're so serious about spoilers you're not even watching the teasers for this skip ahead a minute um but one of the most evocative images from the trailer is is that opening image of that star destroyer, you know, just crashed into the surface of the planet, buried halfway in sand, and then and then there's there's another at the uh, towards the end of the trailer. You see the Millennium Falcon flying into it. It appears to be a super star destroyer. But anyway, the point is that obviously there has been some incredible, you know, kind of battle that's taken place uh, above this planet that's led to this. And what they're saying is you're going to play out that battle in star wars battlefront and that will kind of set up what what it is that we're seeing in the force awakens which chronologically takes place you know however many years later that's right so uh so within the first three weeks of the game's release there will be five planets we don't know there may be two or three different maps on each planet we have no idea i don't think at this point um i know that you know and rowan is probably uh rowan is one of the the the, uh people on the um uh, on the website that was pretty upset and not the only one by any means. Sure. Um, but uh, I know that she was very concerned that there was, or, or upset that there was nothing from the original three movies uh, that it's, it's, so it's Hoth, Endor and Tatooine. You, you said that there's nothing from the original three movies. I'm sorry. From the prequels is what from I the meant. Prequels from the prequels. Right. There's nothing. There's, there's no uh, currently no planets from the prequels. Yeah. Uh, so the planets are Hoth, Endor, um, and Tatooine, a fourth planet that I can't remember the name of right off the top of my head, uh, which is the and then Jakku. And I can't remember. I can't remember if Jakku or that fourth planet is where they actually it's the construction facility where they build like the Adats and so forth. OK, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, I know she wanted stuff from the from uh, the earlier prequels. Um, I have to say, Brent, I am extremely pleased personally with the direction that they're going with this. I am really glad that they went, uh, that they're really focusing mo- mainly initially on the planets from now. I would like to see, you know, maybe Cloud City and some other locations, but um, that they're focusing on the planets from the first three movies. And I really got a sense of um, those first three movies, the original trilogy, episodes four, five, and six, yeah. um, that that really, you know, created the memories for me in Star Wars. Uh, and 
uh, I, I'm very, very excited about it. Now, would I pre-order the game? Uh, no. No. I, I won't pre-order any uh, we're not going EA. There. We're not going there again. No. Dice. Yeah, I mean, that's. I don't even know if it's going to work. Uh, after Battlefield yeah. 4, I won't make that mistake. Um, Nor will I. I, I. I'd like to get it on PC, and I'm... I'm going to wait. I'll be. It'll be six day edition for Brent uh, on on this one because I, uh, I I'm definitely not going to get uh, I'm not going to get caught in in a Battlefield Four trap. I'll be honest. One of our listeners uh, sent sent me a link saying that uh, the game is available for pre order. I can't remember the King Kinguin, I think is the name of the website. Okay. Um, that many of our users have gone to, and the game you can pre order it for the PC for thirty two dollars right now. That's a great price. Or thirty three dollars. And I, I yeah. seriously considered it at thirty three dollars but great price. But ended up deciding not to because yeah. I, I just don't feel comfortable going down that road again. No, I, I'm I'm not um, I'm not going to either. I I'd I, I would rather I'd rather take the chance on spending a little bit more money and getting a good game experience rather than rather than gamble the, the 30 that EA and DICE are going to pull this off without a hitch. Right. I mean, the, the reality is if it, if it turns out to be a good game, it's going to be worth the 60 bucks. It won't matter. But yeah, I think that just to address the some of the criticisms that were raised by, by Rowan and, and others on our site, I, I don't think that any of those are invalid. I, I guess that they're just not bothering me uh, to the same degree that they are as an example you know one thing that people have talked about is no space combat it's all planetary based combat i mean you'll be flying in x-wings or tie fighters so in the atmosphere you'll be kind of like in battlefield you could fly jets precisely, or helicopters precisely yep. but in the atmosphere and i guess that that was what i expected i i guess that i didn't have a great expectation that this first time out they were going to make space combat a priority. I, I I don't know why I felt that way, but but when they said that, it just sort of felt like, yeah, I guess that's pretty much what I had figured. So I guess if you had a different expectation, then you would be more disappointed by that than I was. Um, but I, I I think that that gives them, and I think that it, it's it's valid to say, well, they they've taken a step back since that stuff was there in Battlefront Two, and uh, and certainly I would love to have a game. What I would like to see, and I don't think it's going to happen in this game, but perhaps a sequel or something, but what I would love to see is basically a No Man's Sky sort of attitude about about uh, how space combat and everything works. And I don't know if the game engine can support it or not, but what I would love to see is... You know, you and I, Lauren, are on a squad, squad with some of our friends. We're fighting, and we're, you know, we're getting bombardment from TIE bombers or you know, whatever... Run over, hop in an X-wing fighter, power it up, get into uh, you know get into the skies, take out the bombers, but then fly up out of the atmosphere into orbit around the planet where the star destroyer launching the bombers is, and join the assault force taking out that that star destroyer, or maybe even fly up, dock with the star destroyer, hop out, go inside the star destroyer, and start trying to take over their star destroyer. But like that scale of combat where, where it can go from you know, ground-based close quarters to aerial to space dogfights, and then, you know, even boarding the enemy ship. Like, I would love to see the game encompass that entire range of activity. I just don't know how realistic it is supporting multiplayer the way that they're wanting to. But, I mean, that's where I'd love to see it get to eventually. I mean, if if, if you're boarding the Star Destroyer, I think that's kind of cool, and I think it's maybe doable. But if the expectation, and again, I, I don't know what they did in, in, in two, but if the expectation is that you go up and have these space battles, that almost feels like a separate game to me. Um, 
and I think it's cool. I yeah. just think it's. I just wouldn't. I don't know. Uh, to me, that uh, it's not. Uh, I it, it's that it w- does wouldn't interest me personally in my play style. So yeah. the fact that it's not there doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it. I don't know if it if it sort of takes too much of the focus away from you know, what it is that they're going for in the game. And I, I mean, admittedly, you know, they've, d- I mean, obviously they've done multiplayer space dogfight stuff in the, in the past. And I would certainly be open to doing that, whether or not it would work within the the mechanics, you know, whether it would like balance with everything else that they're doing. I don't know, but it'd be interesting to see. Um, but everything else, uh, like no single player campaign. Yeah. I, I, I think a single player campaign would be worthwhile, but at, you know, at the same time, that doesn't ruin anything for me. I, 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 as I recall, you know, the first Battlefront, I mean, you, you could like basically load up a, you could play by yourself and just load up bots, you know, to, to play the levels, but there wasn't a campaign as such. And, um, so again, that's not, that's not like a deal breaker for me. So I, I don't know. I, I guess, it, I guess that all this just sort of depends on how, how, uh, intensely you were, expecting or desiring some of these things to happen as for the as for like the prequel location showing up here that that's hard for me to want you know it's it's hard for me to to kind of be excited about that because i have come to loathe this movie so much uh that i i don't i don't really associate any of the locations uh from the prequels with any with any positive feelings no i'm <laughs> so, the same way i honestly i mean I, but, I i responded on the website that I frankly would have been disappointed if yeah. they were in there because I but don't have any relationship to them. I also understand that you know part of that is is me being the age that I am, and and the fact that the original trilogy was really my trilogy, and the prequel trilogy really wasn't. And I understand that if you're if you're younger than we are, uh, and, and you 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 came up at a time where the, maybe the prequel trilogy did have more impact on you, I, I totally understand that. I just I can't I can't want it. Like like those people can. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you, Brent. You know, um, boom boom goes a dynamite. I think is is is, is his name on uh, yeah. uh, on uh, Outlaw Gamers. I think hit the nail on the head when he when he said that. You know, he, he's he was noticing that a, a lot of um, people who were sort of really near and dear to the franchise seemed to be a little bit more disappointed, right? Uh, because they had different expectations than maybe those who weren't. And uh, that's interesting. I, in general terms, I mean, I, I think it does come down to expectations. I had none, um, and uh, uh, certainly not ones surrounding the things that um, other people feel like are missing. I didn't have any expectations around those things, right. around those things being there, single player campaign, um, space battles. They're also things that I don't care about. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I like single player campaigns, but I, I couldn't care less that battlefield has single player campaigns. And I've, I've never gotten more than an hour or two into them because they're typically so bad. Yeah. And so I, I don't, yet I've put hundreds of hours into the multiplayer pieces of those games. And so I don't really care if this game has a single player or not. I don't really care if it has space battles. I'm very pleased that they focus so strongly on the, the, uh, the uh, episodes four, five, and six, because that's what I really personally am, am, uh, am, am invested in seeing. And so um, I didn't have expectations around other planets being there or not being there. And so the idea well, to me that you can drive speeder bikes and, you know, there's always of room course. to bring those things in and, 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 you know, the big expansions that you know will be coming down the pipe. In the well, and that's the other the thing is I'm not the least bit 
sort of uh, you know the other one of the other pieces that was brought up was the, all the DLC yeah. or the potential DLC forthcoming and and while uh, I'm not supporting DLC it comes as no surprise given that you know EA and Dice's last big game Battlefield 4 um long before the game launched was announced five expansion packs for a total of $60 the equivalent price of the game um and, and I in in their Battlefield premium pack and I wouldn't expect this game to be any different. So while I'm not saying that, like, that's the way things should be, that's the way I expect them to be. And so I'm not surprised by it. Mm, that's um, and if the game's good enough, I mean, I, I paid for the premium pack for Battlefield 3, and I had no issue with the amount of money I spent whatsoever uh, because I felt the content was good enough. I, I paid for it in Battlefield 4 and ended up getting a refund on everything because the game was so screwed. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, I, I'm really excited, Brent. I thought I was very pleased with what we saw. I am too. I cannot wait. I just saw a recent uh, developer diary series made for game, the video game stores in, in Europe. Um, and the first, they, they released the first uh, developer diary. It really just talks about the graphics and the audio, which is no new information. But I'm, I'm excited for, uh, for new information on this game. And I can't wait to, to, see, uh, to see more on it in the coming months. Yes, gameplay. Gameplay. Uh, gameplay is what I want to see, and and I know that we'll we'll get there pretty soon. Indeed, it can't be long. I would imagine at E three we'll get to see some. All right, so let's close out with the maybe the greatest video of all time. Maybe the greatest, maybe the greatest video of all time. Maybe the greatest news story of all time. This is the music video for True Survivor, the theme song to Kung Fury, as performed by the only man who is able to do these things legally anymore, and that is David Hasselhoff. Um, Kung Fury, of course, is the the Kickstarter darling 80s action mashup film project that uh, that has gotten so much attention, deservedly so. And uh, this this is the official music video for that film. It is full of all of the the fun and 80s kitsch that you might imagine. It's it's got tons of stuff from uh, from Kung Fury and the song. The song is way, way legit. I mean, it really, really sounds... It, it sounds like a song that is familiar and yet you can't remember having heard before. It, it, it's so, so perfect to the tone and, and everything that's going on. I, I mean, basically, like the only question here is, how does Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon not get spun off into, uh, into another game all its own? That also has a David Hasselhoff theme song. I mean, that, that is the only way that this can get better, in my estimation, is if there's some kind of video game tie into Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. Yeah, it almost, when you watch it, you feel like it might be from Far Cry, th- Far Cry Blood Dragon. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know what else to add to this, Brent, except it's just hysterical as hell. And uh, if you haven't watched it, you should stop whatever you're doing right now. L- literally, you should pull over the car, pause the podcast, and pull this up on YouTube. It's just it's that it's that awesome. It's it's pretty it's pretty fucking hysterical. You know what we need now, Brent? Is is uh, you want some eighties nostalgia? Now I want to see something based on the Dukes of Hazard. Oh come on! Don't even tease me. That movie was so terrible. Like 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 it's like a no brainer, right? Like doing a Dukes movie is like a no brainer, and like somehow it gets fucked up. That's true. That's terrible. Terrible. Along with Starsky and Hutch too. Oh man, you're not kidding about that. What's next? They're going to screw up the Barney Miller video game? I don't know how much they can really screw up Barney Miller. <laughs> I'm be honest with you. All 
All right, we are back, and we've headed into the clubhouse to kick our feet up for a while and talk about something a little deeper than David Hasselhoff. But before we do, Brent, uh, I believe you have a poll from last week to uh, go over. I do indeed. We asked you guys, do you find that looting breaks immersion? This, of course, comes from the, uh, the game mechanic uh, follow-up discussion that we had last week. Here's how you answered that question. Do you find that looting breaks immersion? In last place with 9%, you said yes. It takes my focus away from other things going on in the game. 16% of you in third place said, I think looting does narrow your focus, but that doesn't mean it isn't fun. Second place, 32%, you said, no, I've never really considered it a problem. And the number one answer with 42% of the Outlaw Gamer Radio audience said only if it isn't incorporated into the game smoothly. So, uh, you know, not quite, the, not quite the, the majority decision that we had in the previous poll, but also there were four possible answers this time, which always tends to split it up. It's hard to, hard to get a, a majority going when, uh, when you've got four answers. It's usually easier with three. Just random observations that in no way pertain to what we're talking about now. Next up, Lauren, <laughs> next topics. Uh, yeah, it was, it was an interesting subject last week, and we thank you all for your participation as usual. Um, this week we have another uh, interesting topic that was a suggestion from one of our listeners. Yeah. and, uh, kind of pertains, and, and It kind of pertains a little bit, I, I suppose, to maybe the, the battlefield, or at least it's kind of like an, another part of, of that, uh, that battlefield uh, battlefront. Excuse me. Yes, battlefront. Uh, I know. Discussion. I keep doing that too. Yeah. Uh, yes, it definitely does, and it may have come off the heels of that. And the question, essentially, the title of the article, which is essentially the question we're going to be talking about this week, is: Are cinematic trailers worth getting excited about? Yeah, this comes um, from PC Gamer, right? And they're talking about uh, they're talking about this amongst themselves. We said, hey talk about it amongst ourselves too what do you know <laughs> that's exactly right so uh the article itself brent has little to no value um <laughs> that's not true that's not a true i like statement. pc gamer go on uh i like pc gamer too no you guys can read the article but really uh really the question speaks for itself uh that question of I mean, it's not something we've talked about before but the value of cinematic trailers yeah. and uh are, are they are they worth getting excited about and i think to take that question a little bit deeper brent is it uh, are they uh, do they have a positive impact or are they potentially harmful? Uh, I think sometimes um, they they might you set know, expectations. It's like a hammer, you know what I mean? It can build or it can crush a skull. It's true. It's true. For example, and I'll give you the the best example of skull crushing uh, uh, is uh, I can I, I I'm I want to even say the words aloud, please. But uh, the Last Guardian. <laughs> Hey, it you don't know. It, that could have been gameplay directly taken from that game. It never came out. How would we know if it was? It's true. They made, they made a three and a half minute game. They did. They made a three and a half minute video game. It was the it was the most beautiful thing that had ever been. Um, <laughs> uh, I, no, we, we've all been burned by cinematic trailers in the sense that we've allowed ourselves to maybe get more excited for a game based on how good the trailer is than the actual game. I mean, it's one thing when you see a trailer for, you know, as an example, The Force Awakens or, or uh, Batman versus Superman, uh, another, another big uh, trailer that, uh, that came out over the weekend. It's one thing to get excited for those things because those are using, in most cases, not all, but in most cases, those are using footage taken from the movie you're actually going to see. So you're getting excited because you're getting a peek at the actual thing that you're going to see. But obviously in video games, it's differently. They try to utilize that medium of, uh, of trailers and teasers, uh, but they show you things that you're never going to see in the game itself, that you're never going to experience 
Uh, in many cases, you're never going to see that particular media again outside of that trailer. And so whenever you see those kinds of things in video games, it's inherently non-representative. And so I think that it's a little bit like the Dark Side Cave in Dagobah in the sense that you know, you whatever happens inside the Dark Side Cave, it's all about what you take in there. You know, whatever, you, whatever you, whatever baggage you bring along, that's what's going to come out. And so, I, I think that's kind of how it is with trailers. Whatever, whatever you put into it, kind of dictates uh, how how much it will affect you for good or ill. Certainly, that's true, Brent. Although lately, uh, and when I say lately, I mean maybe in the last couple of years, there's been this trend. Now to uh, create cinematic trailers uh, that that are in engine, and and and, and yeah. uh, part of that is because a lot of the cinematics in games now are created in engine. I would uh, say because most, they, yeah, they, yeah, they can be, yeah. um, but they make they make a point to point out to you that these trailers are in engine, which for for uh, an educated game public, uh, you know, doesn't mean much. Doesn't mean much, but for yeah. people that don't follow too closely, I, I think it can be deceiving, right? Um, because it feels like it's in-game footage. Do you think that's I, you know, the point? Like, like, is the point to kind of convince you that the game is going to look this good because this is running in the game engine? I think it is. I mean, I, I can't imagine what what the point would be otherwise because it doesn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, it's to it, it's to even well, subconsciously give you the the idea that if the cutscene looks this good, the game must look. Uh, at least close to this. Right. I was going to say deceive, but I, I think maybe that's too strong a word because th- they really don't say that. It's just, it's an inference. I, I think that they hope that you make that, that leap that, Oh, if the, if this is in game, then this is what the game is going to look like. And of course, that's exactly it, right. It won't, but- and I think, you know, I mean, if you're playing a property, like for example, and there's not many of them out there, but for example, uncharted, which, you know, goes seamlessly from gameplay to cinematic. Yeah. So, you know, that what you see in that cinematic will look, the same in gameplay yeah. uh, that has value, but otherwise it has essentially no value. Like for example, battlefront, uh, ha- it has essentially no value seeing uh, in, in my mind fr- from a, Ju- it gets me exci- yeah, as far as judging what the game will look like. Right. I mean, it gets me excited yeah. because it gave me some hints as to what will be in the game. So what I learned from that trailer specifically, for example, is Endor is in the game. Tatooine is in the game. Uh, there is the AT-ATs are in the game, ATSTs, speeders. Like I was looking, you know, you look at assets and you go, OK, those are probably in the game. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, it doesn't tell you, you know, much about what it looks like. And so, I, you know, I do think cinematic trailers have value, however, in the sense that um, like films, uh, they are in, they are intended to do uh, more than just uh, obviously show gameplay, but they tell you a little bit about the story. They tell you about the scene. Yeah. They tell you about the story. Uh, and so, for, if especially if it's for a property that's something you're not familiar with, like let's say the Order eighteen eighty six, it's a new IP. It's a new world. It gives you a glimpse into the world and and, and what they're trying to create when you get to play the actual game. Yes. Do a, now, do I think they have value on their own? No. Well, uh, what I, about entertainment value on their own? I, I mean, that they certainly do. Actually, I mean, we do. We do a whole. We you know, in our previous iteration, we dedicated a whole third of our show just to trailers. Yeah, I think that that's the main thing. Well, just to talk about another Star Wars property, I, I, men- I mentioned the the, the Swotor trailers. Uh, I think Blur Studios did those, and the, the those those cinematic trailers. 
the three that I'm thinking of, they did give you a glimpse at game mechanics in action, but just not in the context of gameplay. But you know, you were seeing like, oh, the 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 smuggler class can uh, can dual wield and. The, uh, the 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 heavy gunner class can go toe to toe with a Sith Lord using all of these armaments against uh, you know this Force wielder and but you know the the pieces of media kind of worked on several levels they did show those things those things off but it was mostly it was mostly a, about setting up the the conflict setting up the era in in the the Star Wars timeline that these these things happen and and giving you some sense of backstory and just looking at them from the standpoint of okay these are like really kick-ass animated shorts that take place you know in the star wars universe they, they got a, a lot of entertainment value on their own but if you base your purchasing decision entirely on those things then yeah that that, that could end up being a mistake i mean in terms of actual selling me on a game in terms of some company putting out a piece of media that makes me want to buy it, the form, and, and you and I have talked about this many, many times, the form that has always been most effective for me goes back to those Red Dead Redemption videos that Rockstar done and that, and that other people have started doing since where somebody is narrating and walking you through a section of the game and they are explaining what's happening, what you as the player are doing, how the game mechanics function. Although it seems very dry and almost like I don't know, like a training video, like some sort of orientation thing you'd go through for a job, although it seems very dry, that is probably the most useful thing in making a purchasing decision. And I end up getting more excited about those uh, in, in terms of actually getting amped to play a game. Uh, I, I agree, Brent. I mean, you know, as you said, you and I have talked about this many times and how powerful uh, th- those particular pieces of media were. And I think it's because. They were somewhere in between, you know, gameplay videos. I also don't think, you know, we could flip this question on its head and ask the question, are gameplay videos worth getting excited about? And honestly, if you see an isolated gameplay video, uh, you know, two or three minutes in the middle of Bioshock, for example, or um, if you don't have context, it's not much good either. Right. And so I I think that what, you know, what we see when we see those uh, types of media that we saw from. Uh, Red Dead Redemption Life in the West is somewhere in between that. You get sort of the the, the story, the tone, the world, yeah. but also some in-depth uh, insight into the mechanics. Um, Do you remember that video and, for Shadow of Mordor that that, that showed off the uh, the Nemesis system for the first the time? Nemesis, yep, absolutely, yes. Like that was my reaction. Like when after watching that video, I said, "I am buying this game." There is no doubt in my mind that I have got to play this game after seeing that. And and that's there's some you know there's just something about there's something about having gameplay mechanics explained. I, I think that it um, at a fourth grade level. Yeah, well, I mean, in my case, but I, I, I'm not necessarily saying that every game has to do that. But certainly, there are some games where where the gameplay mechanic in in question is such a big part of the experience. If you don't really understand the significance of it. Or, or what might be fun or, or really compelling about it. If you if you're not explaining those things to your potential audience, then you know maybe you're losing them before you ever had the chance to get them. 
Yeah, I mean, again, I think those are the, that's sort of the those kind of videos are the ones that that are most likely to push me in the direction of a purchase. Yeah, me too. However, you know, back to the original question: Are cinematic trailers worth getting excited about? I would say yes, they sure. are worth getting excited about, with with the tempered understanding that getting excited and making a purchase are not the same thing. Very, very good point. Yeah, that, that, I think that's exactly how I would have put it. Getting excited about what you're seeing is one thing. Throwing them your money after you've seen it. That's another. I mean, honestly, it, you really, I mean, you have to kind of, you have to be using that same part of your brain that you use when you go to a strip club. You know, you really do. You, you, you cannot let your excitement spend your money. That's, I think, I think that's the trick to cinematic trailers. They're a lot like strip clubs. So what you're saying is don't get too drunk while you're watching a cinematic trailer? And for the love of God, don't let them touch you skin on skin. Jesus. <laughs> All right. With that, Brent, I think we should turn it over to the listeners uh, and hear what their opinions are. As always, we want to know what they think about whether or not cinematic trailers are worth getting excited about. Or do you guys think that it's a bunch of marketing trickery? Would you rather just see gameplay? What are your thoughts on uh, cinematic trailers and what their role is in the marketing and lead up to the release of a game? Okay, guys, let's hit the road, and we're going to talk about uh, the games that we've been playing this week. Short list this time, only one apiece. Lauren, what have you been playing? Please tell me it's Sherlock Holmes. My, my, my list is actually sort of shorter than one in the context of I've played about 20 minutes of it. I literally, prior to <laughs> all of that was right before we started recording. Oh, yeah. I was about to get on this podcast and say, for what I think it might be the first time in five years, I did not play a video game this week. It's rare for you, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and part of that is because I'm, there's so much for me to be watching right now. Daredevil, I'm caught up in Daredevil. Did my you, wife did you are watching. It? Did uh, you finish first season? No, I haven't finished it yet. Oh, okay, um, well, I won't. Say my wife and I are watching a series called Rectify on Netflix. I've heard of that. Uh, which, yeah, it's really good. It came from the Sundance Channel, um, and so. Um, uh, I literally have not played a game this week, and while I was waiting for you uh, to get ready to to record, I, I jumped in and got about 20 minutes of Sherlock Holmes, which is actually really interesting because I hadn't played it in over a week and a half, yeah. and it's a fairly, like, you know, you're trying to solve something, and there's clues, and so I thought, oh, jumping back in, like, am I going to have any clue what to do? And right. it took me about five minutes to, to sort of figure out again what the controls were. Reacclimate uh, and all that. Yeah, to reacclimate, and then I started playing, and uh, I, I was having a good time with it. So um, I will be playing more of that this week. As a matter of fact, I'm looking forward to playing it as soon as we're done recording. Uh, but for this week, I don't have a lot to say about it, other than I needed, I had to be able to put something on this list. All right, I couldn't, I couldn't stand myself if I, if I didn't have a game this week. Well, I, uh, I appreciate you taking one for the team, as it were. And by playing video games. Playing oh, video by video the way, Brent, for, we should say us, I don't. Our, did we, Amusement. Did we say this last week what? that you and I, I believe at this point, have both pre-ordered The Witcher 3? Uh, no, we haven't, but, but that's true. We have. Uh, as a matter of fact, I got... Uh, that, that's actually a nice segue into, into what I'm going to talk about. Uh, Excellent. Because I got, my, I got my download code for it uh, over the weekend, I guess. So You did? I did. I did not get my download code. Oh, you got your download code because, because I remember. Yeah. You, yes. you know, so anyway... Uh, Lauren and I were talking last week, and we, we decided we both want to check out The Witcher 3. Uh, we, we decided that it was one of the biggest releases of this year, and that we felt like we definitely needed to be able to talk about it. Yeah. Hence, I don't want to get, we're probably going to get a lot of shit for pre-ordering a game, but we pre-ordered it because we both made the decision that this was a big enough game that we felt it, it deserved to be talked about, so we pre-ordered it. Yeah. And also, but I think the fact that it's 
I don't know the fact that the fact that it's CD Projekt Red. It's Red Dead fact, Redemption. The fact that it's The Witcher. Uh, I, I don't know. Like it's 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 not exactly the same as ordering. Uh, well, anyway, I, I, I'm I'm rationalizing. Yeah, we we pre-ordered the game, but <laughs> but we knew it's like okay, we're going to pre-order this game, and you know, in general, we're not doing pre-orders, but this game is going to be the exception. Yeah, we, we were sold on it. We, yeah. we we watched a couple pieces of media, mm-hmm. and we're sold on it. Yes. Okay. And with the give it with the pedigree, you know. Now the the caveat to that is now Lauren's going to get it on PlayStation Four. Yes. And check it out there. We did this on purpose as well. We got it on two different systems. I was more interested in checking it out on PC. And it just so happens that I decided... Uh, well, it just so happens there was a promotion that if you ordered a shiny new video card, you got a download code for The Witcher 3. And I said... Well, isn't that lucky for you? Wow, what a great excuse to get a brand new video card. I actually... Uh, did a, a relatively major upgrade on my gaming PC this past week. Uh, and I'm sure that one day soon I'll figure out how I'm going to pay for it. Uh, <laughs> I love that you're so into your PC now. I, uh, you know, I, I actually, I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of joking about this, but honestly, I probably shouldn't have done this. I, I mean, I really just was like, I want this and I'm going to put this on a credit card and I don't know when it's going to get paid off. Click. Um, and, dude, and honestly, if you just if you take away ten percent of your daughter's food per day, <laughs> she won't even notice, and within a year you'll have it paid Listen, off. Listen, if I if I took took ten percent of my own food away, I could pay this off, and I would be eating less, which would probably be a good thing. <laughs> um, but not only did I upgrade uh, my video card to an NVIDIA GeForce GTX nine seventy. Ooh. But I also got an SSD main drive <laughs> to install my OS and games on. So how big? I, a two hundred and fifty gig SSD. Two hundred fifty six gigs. Yeah, yeah. So I'm running a <laughs> I'm, I'm running an SSD drive now, and I got my graphics card upgraded. And I kind of want to go ahead and upgrade my RAM too because I'm only running eight gigs right now, and I'm kind of thinking about maybe going to sixteen. Well, that's cheap. Yeah, you can I, rationalize that. That'll cost you nothing compared to what you just spent. No, not compared to what I just spent. I actually got it. Yeah, I tell you what, I, I made the mistake of, of calling Tony because he, he told me about, the, about this website that I, I'd heard about, I knew about, but I couldn't remember the name. I said, what's the website where you go and you can like look at how prices on things have changed over time on Amazon? He's like, Camel, Camel, Camel. I'm like, yeah, Camel, Camel, Camel. Because <laughs> I was looking at this SSD and it was like $106. I was like, that seems like a really good deal. Uh, but I wanted to see like, if I was crazy or not. So I go and I look up this SSD on Camel, 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 and sure enough, 106 is a pretty good deal on it. And I thought, well, I'm going to go ahead and get this. So bam, got the SSD. And I wasn't really planning on getting the video card, but then you and I were talking about The Witcher, and I was, I'd kind of been looking at video cards. I'd been d- doing a bunch of research on the 970 because I, I thought that was sort of like the sweet spot, like dollars to performance uh, that, that you could get on the NVIDIA line right now. Yeah, what is it like mid threes? Uh, it is. Yeah, it's mid threes, and and Amazon had it for three thirty, right? And so you minus the the sixty bucks that you were but spending on the Witcher spent, anyway. Yeah, for the for the Witcher, and it makes it two seventy exactly. And plus, I'm going to sell my old video card. I can get probably about one hundred and fifty, hundred seventy five for that. You know, so I start doing all this math in my head, and like, oh, I'm only going to pay eight, you know forty five dollars for this thing or whatever. And um, dude, that's the way you got to do it. My wife and her, yeah, her, her father and like, lie to yourself. No, 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 no. Talk to me all the time about about selling. You sell your video card while it's still worth 
you know, 150 bucks, yeah, 170 yeah. bucks. Oh, no, that's totally And valid. you buy the $300 one and you're only spending 130 bucks on yeah, it. Yeah, and, and, and there's truth in that. I mean, really, it's, it's not just self-deception. There is some, there is some. No, no, that's until I moved to Brazil. To I was doing that every two years. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I did that. You know, I, I replaced my 760. I got the 970, which I'm very happy with. And I mean, I have to be honest with you that a big part of this was, I want to play The Witcher 3. I want that to look really good. I really want to get Grand Theft Auto 5 on PC, and I want that to look really good. And frankly, I've been playing Skyrim, and I really wanted to get into... You know, I've been doing mods. I've talked about the mods. There's a, there's a series of, of mods for Skyrim uh, that fall under this this category of E&B mods based on this... Uh, I think it's just called like like the E&B integration. This guy, Boris, he basically... Uh, created this this way of of getting code into the game to to get the render engine to do things that that it originally wasn't uh, wasn't intended to do. I guess I I may not be explaining this correctly because I don't I, I don't quite understand it myself. So if, if I'm wrong about how EMBs work, I apologize. My point is that EMB mods are major major graphic overhaul mods uh, for Skyrim and other games. And if you look at Skyrim running on ENB mods, it's ridiculous. I mean, it looks like it looks like bleeding edge current generation games. I mean, it's really, really phenomenal, some of the things it can do. And so I wanted to get in on this, and that was really a big reason behind getting this video card. And of course, I can run these things, but I mean, just barely. You know, like with like non EMB stuff, just like 4K textures and that kind of stuff that really do make the game look great and some lighting tweaks and stuff. I can still run all that and I've got a rock solid 60 frame a second, no problem. I throw in the EMB mod and I'm like, okay, it's like maybe 57, 50, uh, 56 frames a second, not too bad. But as soon as I start adding in some of the other things that I like to have, like grass. Uh, so some of the grass uh, mods that uh, that make the world more lush, some of the tree mods, things for water and stuff like like as soon as you start like adding some of those things on, I'm down to like 37 frames a second. Like oh, it's so right. it's so uh, intense uh, in terms of in terms of your graphic horsepower. And I was really hoping that I was really hoping that I'd be able to to run all those at a really really high frame rate, but. Even with these upgrades I've done, it's just it's not in the cards. So I've got to give up something. Either either I I just run the EMB mods and don't do a bunch of the other stuff, or you know that kind of thing. I, I got to make a sacrifice somewhere because I really don't want to run Skyrim at thirty frames a second. But um, I or or you get a new video card. Yeah, again, I, actually I don't know if the video cards. Because oh, this was on the new video. This is on the new video card, son. This. this oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was on your. This, I thought this was on your previous video card. <laughs> no, that's the thing. Like I was, <laughs> I got the 970, and like I'm so excited to like get these EMB mods installed. I'm like, oh, this looks great. It plays great. Let me just add a few more mods. Oh no, it's not working so good now. And the uh, thing's got four <laughs> gigs of VRAM. I mean, it's just oh, it's it's it's, right. it's intense. It's so intense. Yeah. But anyway, it it looks great. You know, I can I can like enable it and like you know mess around with it for a few minutes, but it's it's fun to like ride around and just like look at stuff. But for actually playing, yeah, it's I gotta have the sixty frame a second or or at least close to it. So anyway, oh god, uh, oh god, my 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 gaming PC groweth. Anybody interested <laughs> in so buying awesome, an dude. EVGA seven sixty? That's so awesome, Brent. I'm so I'm so psyched you're into the PC. I know I'm so psyched you're in front of Skyrim. Soon, uh, not long now, a month. I know. Uh, you will three. be you will be 
little less than a month, actually. You'll be taking, actually, uh, probably a month from tomorrow, you'll be taking it out on Witcher 3. Um, I'm excited about that. With that, Brent, I think we reached the end of the show, because you and I both only had one game this week. Yeah. As usual, we're going to turn it over to listeners and let them sound off on everything we talked about in today's episode, whether it's Sherlock Holmes, Skyrim, uh, what we talked about in the clubhouse. That list is so short. <laughs> what we talked about in the clubhouse, whether or not cinematic trailers are worth getting excited about. And, of course, everything we talked about in the garage. David Hasselhoff's awesome new video called True Survivor. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront and the announcement thereof and all the following, uh, the subsequent avalanche of information. Ether One coming to PS4. And, of course, Mortal Kombat X, the new patch that added some character skins and improved performance let us know your thoughts on all of that and anything else in the gaming world we want to hear what you guys think about what's going on as usual he is brent adams i am lauren baumgarten and remember you don't stop playing because you get old you get old because you stop playing